Our Gospel passage this morning from the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Mark is a combination of interesting points. Matthew also records this event and includes a detail that I will mention later. But of the points brought out by Mark, I want to highlight two of them. The first one is the opening of the chapter. In the first few verses of chapter 7, the Pharisees criticized Jesus and his disciples for not washing their hands before they eat. I was once asked why Jesus did not wash his hands before eating. After all, it is one of the first things we teach our children to do. Washing your hands before you eat is basic hygiene. And in our circumstances of today, specifically trying to fight and prevent the spread of a virus, washing our hands has proven to be more important than ever. Why then would Jesus allow his disciples and even defend his disciples not washing their hands? The trouble comes in how the passage can be translated. In the majority of translations, the word translated is wash or as wash. And in some translations, the word is translated as purify. This is one of those times when in translation, a word does not perfectly translate from one language to another. The person who knows the perfect word in one language is then stuck trying to figure out how to express the same idea in the other language. In our gospel passage this morning, the majority of translators went with the technically correct wash. A minority of translators went with a slightly technically incorrect translation in order to express the real meaning of the word by using purify. Why this is important is that the word in question causes quite a bit of doctrinal arguments between different denominations, different types of Christians. The original word in question being translated is baptizo, or as we say it, baptize. Does baptize mean washed? Yes, but not quite. To only say washed does not say enough. Does baptize mean purified? Yes, assuming you know what type of purity is being discussed, and there are ways to purify without washing. Neither is a perfect translation of the word. Because to baptize means to wash ceremonially for the purpose of purification, and to use water in a right for the purpose of establishing a relationship. For the sake of our gospel passage, this means that the Pharisees were not worried about if the disciples' hands were physically dirty. The Pharisees were upset the disciples did not go through a purification ritual after having been being out in the marketplace, after being out mingling with all those of unknown backgrounds, the pagans, the Samaritans, and Gentiles. The Pharisees believed that being in contact with these others would defile the person, and therefore the person had to be ritually cleansed and purified. For the sake of our Christian living today, it means that many of the arguments over baptism that different types of Christians have are largely from not fully understanding what the word baptize means. There are many Christians out there who believe that to baptize means to symbolically demonstrate that you have entered into a relationship with God, that a person has become a Christian. That understanding turns the word baptize around and takes away its meaning. Baptism is to wash ceremonially to purify. 
there is a real spiritual effect. It's purifying. It is much more than a symbol. Baptism is to establish a relationship. In the Great Commission, Jesus instructed the disciples to go and baptize. You see, God is establishing his relationship with us through baptism, not the other way around, as some will teach. Then Jesus drives the point home by explaining that the Pharisees were missing the point of ritual purity altogether. The Pharisees followed the rules of purification, but it was all for outward show, not to change their lives. Jesus makes this point by saying, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of the person are what defile him. In that similar passage in Matthew, there is the addition that it is not what enters the mouth, but what exits the mouth, because that is what reveals the heart of the person. Returning to our gospel passage from Mark, Jesus says, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within, and they defile a person. For me, it was the reading of this passage with the similar one in Matthew that convinced me to remove profanity, to remove vulgarity from my speaking. I was convinced that if profanity and vulgarity was leaving my mouth, then it was revealing that my heart was profane and vulgar. We must all ask ourselves, what must I remove from my life? What must still be removed from the heart? We must ask ourselves, what is still in my life that should not be? Is it evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness? Or is it, as is most common, a combination of a few of them? All these evil, evil things come from within and they defile a person. I was once told by a person that the most convicting words he had ever been told were from his father, and they were, you are baptized, act like it. The truth is, is, is that in the church today, there are many people who are like the Pharisees. They have followed the ritual. God did his work of providing spiritual purity and establishing a relationship but for whatever reason, the person is forsaking that purity and acting against the relationship that God has created. But it can be different. Life with God can be fuller. The purity given can be lived. The relationship established by God can be experienced. We are baptized. Now we must act like it. Amen.